0: Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to Living Truthfully. Episode I don't know if I care anymore. Because it's 2021. And we made it. Watch here? 2021. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to see it. But here we are. And we thank God for it. Yes, and we're back to your favorite podcast. We have stories upon stories. We have conversations that you want to hear. And I'm going to start off this year with an interview that I actually had towards the end of last year with a man that I was so privileged and honored to meet, I can't pronounce his name for sure, like properly right now, but he's a deputy Swedish ambassador and um, well, Karibu, let's start the show. Today I am honored and privileged to have probably our senior most guest yet. Um, I met this gentleman a a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was International Men's Day. And I was invited for this dinner called the Global Guy Talk. And uh, I went to the Swedish Ambassadors Residence. Believe it or not, I was at the Swedish Ambassadors Residence. Uh, The only disappointment is that I expected Swedish food. Uh, What I found was Kenyan food. (laughs) But I found something very interesting because I found a conversation with other men very close to what we have here at Living Truthfully. And more importantly, very close to what we are doing at the den. And gentlemen, I, I, used to, I wanted to say ladies and gentlemen, because I know the ladies are, are listening, but gentlemen, the man that was behind this conversation is a man that I have the privilege of introducing to you today. He's a deputy Swedish ambassador to Kenya. His name is Michael, I hope I say this right, Yao Maka. Well done, well done. Uh, and please give him a round of applause as he comes right in. Karibu, Michael.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Michael, h- how do you pronounce
1: that second name? In English, it's turned into yellmaker.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you yell? I don't yell much. So that is not a proper representation of who you are? No, not quite, no. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't say so. <laughs> but how do you say it in Swedish? In, uh, Yellmoker. Yellmoker. Oh. There you go. Moket. Yeah,
1: exactly. Does it have a meaning? It has zero meaning, and, <laughs> and there aren't many of us with that name. Oh, really? No. So where about, does it come from? It's an old, it's an old family name, okay. uh, which was taken a couple of generations back, okay. uh,
0: and now we're about forty-five yell makers. Oh, wow! Around the world. I, you know, I think I feel like there's an opportunity to actually create a product called yell. You know, whatever it would be. And then you have this family of jail makers, you know, that, that, that started this product. But it's really good to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, it's my t- pleasure. Tell me something, Michael. When, when did you know you wanted to be a diplomat? <laughs> um,
1: well, I, I grew up as the son of a diplomat. Oh, wow, uh-huh. Uh, and I think uh, when when you grow up in that type of environment, yes. where you're moving around a bit, mm-hmm. Our f- my father's first posting was here in Kenya.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So I grew up here in 79 to 83. Oh, that's, that's crazy. You were, you, you were here during the coup? Yes, indeed. Do you remember it? I have no memories at all, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was here between the ages of four and eight. Oh, wow. But- so I have very few memories. Yes. But in living in that environment hearing those conversations, mm-hmm. I think it gives you a little bit of a different outlook on life yes uh, than if I had grown up um, in you know in a non diplomat family in in Sweden yeah um, and it just sort of it, it gives cause for some some interests and some uh, some questions about the world um, and then I accidentally happened to start studying political
0: science mm-hmm. accidentally uh, <laughs> What it, sounded general, <laughs> it, it
1: sounded general enough mm-hmm. that it would be interesting. Yeah. It didn't have any natural sciences as part of it. Okay. So I got away from math, chemistry yes. and biology That's and clever. that stuff. That's clever. For me, but necessary. <laughs> uh, and I simply uh, continued down that path. Uh, then I did a year of a master's in development studies and then I got an
0: internship at the ministry. And, uh, and that was it. Fantastic. Tell me, tell me about the work that you do here. You're the deputy head of mission here. Yeah. Um, and I know the mission here covers several countries. You cover Seychelles, you cover com- the Comoros Islands, um, and of course Kenya. Uh, do you cover any other countries? Nope. Okay. Uh, it's
1: those three that the embassy hearing Well... And Somalia as well. Somalia. That's yeah. the difference. We have a, We have a construct here which almost becomes an embassy within an embassy. Yeah. So one of the sections here at the embassy mm. deals only with Somalia, mm-hmm. both the political relations and yeah. the development okay. support mm. uh, that we give to Somalia. Uh, but in my role as deputy, it, it, it's all about Kenya, Seychelles, and Comoros. Okay. And what does a deputy ambassador do on a normal day? On a normal day, uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm in charge of the what we have here called the section uh, for politics and trade. Okay. So we follow the, the political developments in Kenya, okay. uh, which are
0: many. <laughs> uh, I, w- I will not ask you about those. No, it's
1: fascinating. It's a <laughs> five-year election cycle. Yes. If you compare it to Sweden, yeah. where it's about a month and a half, more or less. Oh, really? Here, the election... Yeah, I mean, the election starts.
0: Yeah, it's it. The, the next process starts immediately. The first one is done. Exactly. Yeah.
1: In Sweden, it's a matter of a few months where the political temperature rises okay Uh, so that's a huge difference uh, Mm. but fascinating to to take part of Uh, so it's about following that and reporting on that Mm -hmm. Uh, but then uh, it's also about uh, trade okay so following the 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 trade situation here in kenya trade between sweden and kenya
0: are we we trading much between kenya we're we're not trading much
1: we're looking to increase okay uh,
0: on both sides just for curiosity sake and you can decline if, if this crosses a line don't worry about it but what are your what are the trade interests that Sweden would have with Kenya like what do you see from Kenya that you'd say would love to trade with this?
1: Uh, I mean Kenya has has some fantastic comparative advantages mm-hmm. uh, not least in in uh, in agriculture yes of course yeah uh, where Sweden is certainly not one of those countries mm. that benefits most from yeah. that opportunity yeah so we're looking at how we could increase that, mm-hmm. but we're also—I mean—it is really important when you're discussing trade to look at both sides. Yes, it has to be a mutually beneficial
0: relationship. Definitely.
1: So we're also looking at how how could we um, how could we increase uh, tourism, because I mean look look at look at the tourism possibilities mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And if you look at what Kenya has today, yeah. it's uh, nowhere close to the amount of income that this country should, should be have. generating. Yes, that's true. From well, its Amazing beaches, wildlife, yeah. Yeah, all of that. I yeah. mean, you all know it. Yeah, the countryside. I mean, every, the, it's it's unique. Yeah, it's um, true. so I mean, it's a it's it's a constant dialogue, but also I mean, trying to get Swedish companies interested in in this part of the world, mm. and it's a little bit of a challenge uh, because it's far away. Okay, um, and. Some Swedes, some Europeans, I would say, mm. including Swedes, have preconceived notions of Africa mm. and not really distinguishing between different parts of Africa, uh, where Kenya uh, is a, a uh, unique... I mean, this is the hub of Eastern Africa it right is, here. It is, it is. Um, and we're hearing more and more from Swedish companies that are, that are interested.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, so we're, we're trying to promote that, because that's going to benefit Sweden, and it will definitely benefit the Kenya. the Kenya consumers as well.
0: If, if Sweden was to export something to Kenya, what would it be?
1: Something that we're not already exporting? Yeah. Um, I think what we might be seeing mm. um, an increase of in the years to come would be in an area like uh, solar technology, for example.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, I mean, the energy sector, it's yeah. crucial for yeah. any country. Yeah. Yeah. And again, due to the beneficial... Uh, you know, uh, geographical situation of, of Kenya. The sun that we're wasting, yeah. we're, we're trying to run away from. Yeah, it's now. it's getting hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful, but but uh, I think we might see in the area of technology with a mm. focus on energy. energy yeah, I, that would be my. That would guess. be really cool. It, there are some amazing uh, solutions being created, and with people here in Kenya being so connected, mm. being so on top of things, yeah. uh, there is a very fa- quickly a very fast growing uh, market.
0: So I've, I have a interest, just random interest. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm not a scientist. I'm not. I'm not into energy per se, but I've always said it doesn't make sense that we have all this sun, and we don't have cheap enough solar solutions to power an urban home and more importantly finance to be able to get that solution. Because if I'm paying a power bill of, you know, say a thousand Bob every month mm-hmm. or five thousand Bob, whatever it is, there's no reason that money shouldn't be going into solar equipment.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: you know, and, and and I haven't seen a model that that fits something like that. Is that something you would look
1: at? It is something that Sweden is part of looking at in okay. many parts of the world, mm. uh, including in Africa, mm-hmm. uh, because it is, of course, the a much cheaper and better mm. uh, energy cleaner, source yeah. than, cleaner especially, than, than most options. Uh, and there are companies, an increasing amount of companies looking into this, mm. uh, and we're With various instruments, and please, I apologize to all the listeners and to you, I'm not
0: an expert in this field. No, no, uh, neither am I. I'm just, it's it's just a matter of interest. No, no.
1: And uh, I mean, the the private sector is there. Mm. It's a matter for us as a part of the public sector to catch up Mm. and to find the correct modalities and instruments to make that affordable
0: to as many people as possible in a country such as Kenya. I agree completely. Mm. Tell me about your family. You you were about to call your wife just before we started. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm laughing because of the look on your face. No, I was trying to call her to just check in and she didn't answer. Uh, um, Mm. I I don't have any advice for that. I have no response. But tell me about your family, man. Uh,
1: I'm married since... Oh, now we have a car alarm going off. That happens. Uh, I'm married since almost 20 years. Wow, uh, to uh, to my wife. She's named Maria, uh, and we knew each other quite a few years before we got married. Is Maria typically a Swedish name? Fairly common name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, fairly common. All right. And uh, we have two kids. Wow. Fifteen-year-old girl and an eleven-year-old boy.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah.
1: Is your wife happy with you? Wow. Uh, I ask her that from time to time. And she claims
0: that she is. That's all you can ask for. I, I mean, don't, I don't I, even feel like you should do follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm not
1: a, I'm not a, a saint in any way. Yeah. We have our yeah. issues. Some are her fault, some are mine. I fear more of them are my fault. Um, and we, we argue, absolutely. Mm. Mm. I don't think it's, I don't want to be in a relationship where you push everything under the rug and avoid talking about it. Exactly, yeah. Better to get it out there, uh, say your piece, and I think if you do that, you're more likely to end up in a long-term, healthy relationship where there's a solid give and take from both sides.
0: Um, But a a quick follow-up question to that is: what do you think you do that makes your marriage work? Um,
1: I mean, as I mentioned, there is a give and take. Yeah. I think that's crucial, uh, both in you know, on the mental side and on the physical side. Yeah. There's always going to be. You do get more and more synced. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you learn as you go along what works, mm. what's going to meet a bad reaction, and so on. Um. I think I. And I've got definitely gotten better at this yeah. over the years. Uh, I try to give more time. Mm. Um, and especially when you get kids into a relationship, it's all about time. You don't, and this is of course said often, especially now, you know, around yeah. Christmas, it's not about fancy things. That's fun once in a while, mm. but you can't base, base a relationship or a family on how much money you have, your ability to give, uh, you know. Beautiful presence. It's more about time. Mm. So what I try to do, uh, and yes, does it infringe on what I maybe wanted to do on that particular instance? That it, you know, sometimes. Mm. But but simply to say no to some things, and to devote an increased amount of time to the family and to my wife. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Mm. And then try to remain humble, mm. and realizing that yes i may be right but she's not completely wrong Mm. and we need to find a middle ground wow so not standing your ground you know ironclad i'm not going to move because i know i'm right that's not going to work not with my wife at least uh
0: what does what, what does she do
1: she is a teacher Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, primary and secondary mm-hmm. uh, school level, yeah. she's been a teacher for 16, 17 years, and now she's uh, teaching here in Nairobi as well. Oh, fantastic. What does she teach? She teaches uh, primarily uh, Swedish, English, social sciences, music. Wow. Yeah.
0: It's fun to have a musician in the house, isn't it?
1: We do a lot of it together, actually. Oh, do you play an instrument? My, I made the mistake, or I, I'm going to blame this on my parents. Okay. They put a, do you know, a trumpet? Yes. In my hands.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, or I can't even remember. if They <laughs> put it there, or if I or wanted you, it, you found it, yeah. And I played, I think, from second to ninth grade. I just, I probably the least talented trumpet player you will ever <laughs> find.
0: <laughs> but the horns are fun, yeah.
1: Oh, but That's they take fun. so much practice. They do. They take so much practice for it to be enjoyable. Yes. And I was never able to get to that level because mm. I also didn't enjoy practicing it. <laughs> but I sing. Uh, so my wife and I, we actually first met in a music school in Sweden that we both oh, wow. attended from fourth to ninth grade. Oh, wow. Uh, what, what part do you sing? Are you a tenor? Are you a used to be a tenor. Mm. But the, the singing voice is a muscle. It needs to be practiced. Yes. So I'll be
0: a low tenor or a bass. Or a, a baritone yeah. going down. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. I, ca- I can't wait to hopefully one day hear you sing and hear you and your wife sing. Mm. Uh, but you, you brought up something in, interesting and allow me to go there. The influence from your parents. Mm. Your dad, a diplomat. Um, and definitely, we can see what the influence of that was. But what what did you say, really, to transfer from your dad to yourself as a man?
1: Um, I could say it's only from my dad, and I, I mean, he grew to be a quite senior. He's he's just retiring actually, oh wow. uh, just very recently uh, from the from work, having worked in the ministry himself. Mm. Minister of Foreign Affairs, Uh, he ended up being an ambassador, both to Tanzania and Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one, if there's one thing that I always, that will never leave me from what, and not necessarily that he has told it, said it to me, Mm -hmm. but he's imprinted by his way of acting Mm -hmm. is basically, you don't treat people differently, um, depending on who they are. Mm everyone is worthy the exact same amount of respect um, and I think that's that's uh, put a very uh, and and as I said I don't think he's ever said those words mm, mm. but it's become very clear in his way of, of acting I think that I've seen both at home and when I've watched him doing his work when mm. I was younger and mm. even now when he's a bit older it's uh, and I, I find that a very it's, I find that to be a very uh, Basically appealing, mm. um, and I guess that's how I would like to be perceived as well, as a person and as a man. Wow, that's that's
0: deep. That's very cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to go deep. No, no. <laughs> this is where you're allowed to go wherever you want to go, and and deep is our favorite place for for us at Living Truthfully. All right then. Again, just looking at the influence from your parents, um, how have you seen? By looking at them, by watching them, or by experiencing them, has that translated into who you are as a husband and as a father?
1: Mm. Um, all right, let me preface this by saying that I come from a Christian home. Okay. I guess most listeners, some listeners will, will know that Sweden is not known for its, yeah. for its you know, deep and widespread religious yes, beliefs. Yes, yes. But we, I come from a home uh, we were, and we're still active in the Pentecostal movement. Fantastic. Uh, So that already there, I think it gives a bit of a, uh, uh, it colors your upbringing Mm. in a way. Mm. Uh, But a home that was characterized by a lot of love, Mm. not lack of discipline, but with a great foundation of, you know, love and care. Mm. Um, Always knowing that even if I messed up. They would get angry. They could get angry, mm. but they would be from a caring place. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, uh, I'm gonna come back to that that point because I mean, my mother, active, you know, a career journalist, mm-hmm. who who uh, a very strong, strong woman, um, who chose to leave that her career partly. Mm-hmm. To join my father when he was posted abroad, mm-hmm. uh, and to run an extremely active uh, ambassador's household, mm. which is which a is lot a, of
0: work. Uh, it's, I can imagine it's a lot of work. It's no, very I mean, busy.
1: If you're having you know two, three, four dinners every week, wow. and they have to be fancy and yeah. all of that, that 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 takes that requires quite a lot. Mm. Um, a lot of social energy, social energy and social competence. Yeah. Uh, that I, I see in both of my parents. So, I mean, I think it's transferred a bit. Um, I'm wishing for it to be more because mm-hmm. I notice <laughs> how beneficial it is in the line of work that, yes. that I myself am now into. Mm. But I, I would say um, a, very, a very generous, loving, and open household. I think those are some things that, that i really got from my parents. Wow. Um, and a sense that if you, if you have been blessed, with a certain level of, be it money or material assets, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's your obligation, but you should seriously consider sharing those Mm. with others that are more in need. Basically, I guess a very central tenet of the Christian belief as well. Um, And that's really what my wife and I are trying to do. And it's not always easy. Mm. Um, And my wife is much better at it than I am. But That's it, a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah. No, but trying to have those uh, as sort of core values yes. and that you also want to pass on to your, kids. To your own kids. Yeah. That if, if you maintain an open and generous attitude towards those around you, mm. it's going to come back in a positive way. M- maybe
0: not necessarily, but sooner or later it will. No, I think, I think it will. And, and, and I think one of the ways that it does is just basically first with the joy that you have. Uh, as a person and as a human being, because I think the opposite of when people are stingy, for lack of a better term, Mm. and closed, uh, not open to experiences and to people, they live in fear Mm. and suspicion. And you're you're always trying to find another dog to close, you know? Yeah. I find that when you live an open, uh, and as you say, generous, kind lifestyle, then you have freedom. It definitely increases your freedom, yeah. And you know, your—I think—if when you start thinking about payoff, that's definitely one of the payoffs that you get. You might take it for granted, but you live a much happier, much more free, and expressive life mm. than than most people. Yeah. You know, and uh, of course, there's obviously the good name, which you know you subscribe to the Bible, and I do as well. And Scripture says, you know, good name is better than money. And, you know, and I think those things come back so I'm, I'm just encouraging you, you're on the right path for sure <laughs> Well,
1: but I mean as, as you know, and as everybody will know you don't succeed every day mm. it's, it's, um, it's nothing that comes to you, it, sometimes it comes afterwards, mm. oh crap, I should have done this that would have been the right thing to do Yeah. but uh, to at least make sure you have that instinct as a sort of a checkpoint yeah could I have done more with this? Could I have brought somebody else in? Mm. Um, and more than anything, that's what I want to pass on to my kids. Wow. To maintain a, a, generous, uh, a generous attitude in life towards people and towards life as it comes
0: along. Mm. I, I want to ask you of all the countries that you've lived in, uh, either as a kid, um, you know, with a diplomat father, or in the work that you've done, which one has influenced you the most as a person? Oh, that's,
1: well, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say that we moved around insanely, because we didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this might sound a bit corny, but I, I have a feeling that it was Kenya. Mm. Uh, I spent four years here as a kid, young child, uh, and uh, even though I only remember, really, you mm. know, moments of it, yeah. the extremely good and the extremely bad, bad things, you yeah. know, a few accidents, and, or, you know, the joy of the first time coming to sea in Mombasa when you saw the ocean, ocean yeah. you know, those visual things. Yes, yes. I still think, having been exposed, because what, what I do think sticks with a kid mm. is when you see the contrasts yes. in life. Yeah. Knowing what we had in Sweden when I was really small mm-hmm. coming here living a very privileged life mm. as, as the child of an embassy he was a junior employee mm-hmm. but still you know an employee in an embassy yeah. living in a nice house and all of that while you're driving around Nairobi and you see people on the streets mm. uh, it still strikes me that seeing that contrast mm. uh, puts it, 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 it sort of gets wedged in your mind Um, It certainly did in me. Mm. Uh, So the idea of, of, you know, coming back to this part of the world, while not sounding too naive, but seeing if there's more that we could do. Mm. What can we contribute with? Mm. Be it here at the embassy, Mm. you know, where there's large-scale programs, Mm. where you rarely see the benefit for the individual, Mm. or be it having employees at our house. And treating them well, fairly and well, mm-hmm. uh, and, and seeing how they can make use of that. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, I think really it
0: it would be the Kenya years that left the most lasting impression. Wow. Thank you for saying that, because I'm very proud of my country right now for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think it's not it's not so much the things that we say that we're great at, but it's the lasting impact. Yeah. That, that you have on people, and that's definitely lasting impact right there. I want to latch on to a statement you made. Um, you don't always succeed. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And that's true. It's true. It's been true of my life. So I'll tell you something. I started this podcast because I failed. Mm. I started this podcast because I failed at my marriage. I failed as a businessman. Mm. I had to shut down a business. I, you know, I got divorced and I lost everything (laughs) I I had built my life upon up to that time. Mm. And my healing process, um, which is really the background of this podcast, my healing process brought me to a place where I came face to face with myself. And in that process, I said, you know what, I want to not just be aware of who I am, but I want to be able to accept and acknowledge it. And in my process of acknowledgement, I came up with this podcast called Living Truthfully. Mm. And so we, we go deep here, you know, we go very deep. I'm noticing. Um, and, and for me, I found I was able to find purpose in my pain. Um, I started this podcast as a way of probably saying the things that I felt I had withheld for a long time, being vulnerable for the first time. And wanting an outlet, and I thought people don't listen to podcasts, so <laughs> so I started one. I was wrong, um, <laughs> uh, but then it also became the place that gave other men an opportunity to speak their truth. And we, in a silent way or in a in a quiet way, started a a revolution in a sense, a space where men spoke their truth. Mm. And I like that statement you made. You don't always succeed because a lot of times we find failure as either a place to propel or a place to have a reflection many times it's broken people
1: hmm.
0: and I want to know when did you feel when was it last time when was the time you felt you had failed the most hmm.
1: and now a word from our sponsors
0: Is your team performing like a Formula One team? Because it should. It should be high performing and with great precision. After over 13 years of building teams for some of the biggest companies in Kenya and Uganda, I have developed the ultimate team building thought process named Pit Stop. Now this process will help your team build trust, become innovative, and increase performance. Now if this sounds like the team you want to work with, even with the challenges brought in by COVID-19, Shoot me an email on amanimaranga at gmail.com and I will work at bringing your team to performing like a Formula One team. And now, back to our story. And I want to know when did you feel, when was it last time, when was the time you felt you had failed the most? Hmm. it's a matter of
1: choosing choosing really I mean first, I at least I fail on a daily basis. I think it I mean both as a as a person as a man and not least as a Christian that simply must be recognized mm. It could be the smallest things how I get angry if somebody is driving badly in front of me on the street um, one of the Biggest, you know, but then you have those momentous moments that Mm. really Mm. end up defining your life. Um, I think it's my biggest failures are ones where my professional ambitions, uh, my professional desires Mm. have clashed with my family life. Mm. Uh, You know, if you're I'm not that young anymore Mm. but you know a few years back when you're you have this vision of where you want to go by when you want to have accomplished certain things Uh, and it can be it can be disastrous if you get blinded by Mm. that ambition Mm. be it in this career or if you're a businessman or whatever Mm. you Mm. do Mm. it's still something that can be a very powerful thing and take up your whole being Mm. Um, and I think, yeah. So about five years back was probably my my biggest crisis uh, when I was involved in a very large project at work, traveling immensely, mm. uh, and uh, spending some months I was clearly away from home more than more more than I actually spent time at home with my family. Mm. Uh, and well, I mean, it, it ended well, uh, which for, for which I'm extremely grateful today. But having having done made a few choices, led me onto a path where it all could have come crashing down, uh, including my marriage, which was seriously, um, which was seriously tried uh, during this this uh, period. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, we came through this and uh, work-wise, you know, things stayed on the, on the right path. Mm. But yeah, it cost me... I eventually ended up in the hospital for exhaust, exhaustion uh, wow. and some, some heart problems. Uh, and I needed to, to do some changes and priori- prioritize a bit differently. Uh, so I would say that's my biggest failure where I really just sort of had the eye on what I thought was the price. Mm. And it became too
0: difficult to, to juggle both worlds. I'm wondering how does that inform what you said earlier about giving time to your family? Yeah. Do you feel there's a, there's a direct connection between what happened five years ago and now? Uh, I mean,
1: what happened during that period uh, and lasted for a few years... It's it's difficult though because I got to experience work wise some of the most I mean I learned so much mm. about about the stuff that I work with, but also about myself in those situations. Mm. Uh, but in the end it did it went it went too far. Mm. Uh, and let's just say that when when I was done with that and I, in our line of work, we need to choose our next yeah. posting, yeah. or you apply yeah. for a number of postings, and then you, if you're, if you're, if you're lucky, you get one of them. Yeah. Um, and I was choosing between Nairobi and other places, mm. uh, and I ended up only applying here wow. to Nairobi for that specific reason, because I thought here work will be, work will be fun. It'll be fascinating. It's one of our biggest embassies. Mm. Uh, in the world uh, but I will be able to have the time that I need with my wife Maybe. and my kids Yeah. Um, so I would say that conscious decision of not looking at other places that potentially could have been more rewarding career wise yeah. uh, was probably one of the best decisions I've
0: made wow Three uh, years ago.
1: Yeah, that's that's that's
0: a good story.
1: <laughs> it ended well, but I can tell you, it was uh, heading in the wrong
0: direction for quite a while. Uh, I want to follow that up, you know, <laughs> and, and and you know, just just in a sense to as a man, you have this ambition is like wired in us, mm. you know, we we have our illusions, in a sense, or desires, on one, on one hand, of grandeur, of greatness, of impact and legacy, and the thing, And I want my name to mean something, you know, and you know, I want to have impact, and I want to make sure that my presence is not forgotten, you know, um, and I feel like that's God-given,
1: yeah.
0: I feel like that's God-given, I, I often joke and say, God gave Adam a job, before he gave him a wife, you know. Uh, he, he told him, go, turn the garden, name the animals. So I feel like that that work thing is, <laughs> is, is, is God-given. It's not our fault that we have it. No. Nope. Um, and yet, often, we have to make choices that in some ways sacrifices that. And I'm wondering what and, and and for good reason i mean there's no reason better than family hmm. and i don't think i'd, I'd choose my family first over a job any day but i'm wondering what does it do to you as a man you know when you have to make that sacrifice what does it what did it do to you
1: well let me put it this way i will not and this I'm only speaking for myself I'm Mm. not gonna call what I did a sacrifice Mm. I would say that it was uh, saving grace okay more than more than a sacrifice um I mean when you when you're in a relationship and if and this happens to many people where one of the parties is for a period more successful or gets that promotion or gets the salary raise um and that can cause friction. And I mean, and I, I think it's important over time that you you do what you can to balance balance it out. Uh, if there are sacrifices to be made, they must be distributed fairly equally between the two parties, no matter what relationship you're in. Oh. Uh, if you, as I mean, but I mean, I agree with you, uh, us men, whether this is genetically coded in us, uh, which I fear it might be, or if it's socially uh, brought upon us mm. from birth. You know, we're supposed to be the main breadwinner, we're supposed to provide um, and be successful, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Of course, I, I think, and unfortunately, I think, Because of this social construct around what it is to be a man and to to do all of those good things for your family and for yourself, mind you, men tend to take that hit, you know, when the failure comes Mm. or the disappointment or the non-promotion when you're passed over. Uh, I think, yeah, I do think men take that generally harder than, than women. Probably because of the social construct around
0: it and the expectations we have yeah, exactly. on ourselves, and as people have them on us. Yeah. Uh,
1: in in my case, when that has happened, uh, which it has on a few occasions, um, I mean, yeah. Do you, you don't want to make people see you? Cr- you don't want people to see you cry, right? I, I'm not so good at that. I'm I'm a bit of a weeper myself. <laughs> uh, but the person who sees me crying constantly is my wife.
0: Mm.
1: Whether we're watching a sad movie or whether I've been passed over at work or what, whatever it might be, you need that one person to which you can be completely open. Uh, and I think, honestly, that's what's gotten me through those times when I've been, uh, you know, when you start doubting yourself mm. because of the non-confirmation from the outside world. Uh, because otherwise you're going to be quite lonely in that disappointment, and that sorrow, in that feeling of uh, inadequacy.
0: Mm. I think you just made me think about, you know, the number of times I've wished I had someone that I could be as open with. Like, I don't cry, man. I, really? Yeah. I don't know how to. Never, never? Not never. Never. Out of hundred percent of my life, two percent. Maybe yeah, for maybe me, it's five. getting for me it's getting
1: worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a grandfather and a father who are both
0: quite easy on the tears. Yeah. So for me, I think it's just I think passed it's a, on. I, I think it's an excellent thing because the moments I wish I could cry, like I kid you not, um, yesterday I learned I lost a friend mm. who was hiking in Elementita, got a heat stroke. Really? Yeah. Oh I'm sorry. Sudden. And I was I mean, I was shocked and sad at the same time. Yesterday, my best friend relocated to the US. And so my kids, their mom and I were there to because his kids are best best friends to my children as well. We mm. brought them up together. He's a godfather to my kids. Mm. And so we were there to say bye before he went to the airport and my, my children bawled. I mean, they, they, they just cried and cried. <laughs> and I wanted to cry with them. But I nothing? C- nothing. So I got home in the evening and I kid you not, I got home in the evening and I had this acknowledgement that I've had a really sad day. Yeah. You know, like I had this, I knew it in my head and i've had a really sad day like i was carrying i was carrying a lot of grief hmm. and i want to have an outlet for it but i don't know how to cry
1: yeah i don't know this is when i don't know what to respond because i my situation is completely the opposite i'm actually and i spoke to my wife about this as late as this last weekend that i i feel it's becoming almost socially embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> with you know tears flowing, yeah. Uh, be it, I mean, we just had a loss in our family. Uh, I'm sorry. Back about back that. in Sweden, uh, somebody who meant tremendous amount to to, especially to my wife, mm. uh, has been with her her whole life, mm. um, and close to our kids. And whenever we talk about it, it happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm. You know. Whenever we talk about it, or when we were looking through pictures and we see pictures of her, this uh, that comes back immediately, and I don't know, it strikes. It's like a, hitting a button, and the tears start flowing. So I would say for me, it's almost socially awkward. But I really don't know how to comment on uh, not uh, <laughs> being able to cry. Yeah,
0: and, and it's not. I'm not resisting it. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm not resisting it. Yeah. I think I'm past that thing of men shouldn't cry, and I, 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 I walked past that choir, you know, yeah. and I, I, I accept the emotional awareness, mm. the embracing the different emotions that I feel, and so as aware, I was, I was, and I, I embrace the fact that I'm sad. Yeah. I felt the loss, but I don't know what it would take to have yeah, the tears. I mean, I
1: guess it mean tears mean different things to different people. Some people feel that it's the greatest relief Mm. just to be able to cry. To me, honestly, I have there's no specific meaning to it. Mm. It just happens, Uh, be it from you know the passing of a loved one, or a movie that I find, or be it watching you know extreme home makeover when that woman, single woman with eight kids, when she gets that beautiful new house. (laughs) It's impossible
0: not to cry. So that's the closest to when I cry. (laughs) That's the closest to when I cry. So So, you need the Hollywood version. So so I need the Hollywood version. So uh, Extreme Makeover, um, Britain's Got Talent, you know, those Got Talent moments. Oh yeah, they're horrible. And they they play this, (laughs) just the right soundtrack for the moment, you Mm. know, and you are in jubilation with that person and I'll feel the tears, you know, come just close to my eyes and... You know, clean out the little dust that there is. Oh yeah. And then go back. All right
1: then. To be yeah. honest, I'm not sure it's something you need to work on, so to speak. Uh, you seem to be a guy who's got his emotions fairly close by. Fairly close. I by. I wouldn't put too much too much weight on but the I, I tears.
0: I want to cry, I want to cry.
1: Yeah, I'll let you know when I figure out the code. Okay, thanks, <laughs> I need it.
0: Call me the next time you're crying. Sh- sure. Uh, maybe it will trigger something. It'll be embarrassing, but sure. No, no, I mean, we're here now. We, we've learned some vulnerability with each other, so yeah. we, we can cry together. Yes. Let's talk about global guy talk. let <laughs> <laughs> So let me set some context for it for the conversation that I want to have with you. Because I feel that first, you know, it's been said randomly and loosely, and sometimes people in this, especially in this part of the world, they say it sometimes in jest. You know, men have been left behind. You know, the boy, the boy child. We talk, hear yeah, about the boy child. You know, oh. the boy child. Um, I'm not even on that bus, but I'm on the bus where I feel like the opportunity for real, honest, vulnerable conversations, for men, no one wants to put energy into that. At least that's what I felt. Okay? So there's a lot of this good stuff on female empowerment, and listen, I have a daughter. I want her to live in a world where she feels she can be hard, where she doesn't have to work twice as hard as a guy to get any opportunity, where she's treated fairly, and where she can be a full woman mm. and that doesn't mean that she gets any less of anything. Mm. So I want to make sure, I want to live in a world where she has all equal opportunity. And I feel like she's getting there. She's in that, she's in that generation that will probably enjoy that. Mm. I do feel, however, that there has been an impact on men that came as a result, direct result of female empowerment. And I feel like that impact was a blame game. You men, you men, you men Hmm. are not doing this. You're not creating this. You're not doing the patriarchy, Hmm. this conversation. And it could have some truth. But as a result, any effort that was created for not even empowerment, just space for men. I feel like no one wants to be on that path. And for the last two years I felt alone. When I started this conversation on men, just having men alone, I even got some backlash. Yeah, I got some backlash for having a podcast where The women, the female opinion is not aired. All right,
1: and and I understand that a lot.
0: I understand it. Yeah. So to come and find not just, and I don't know why I never saw it before, but not just, you know, the public sector, which you're working, doing something and putting know, some energy, just to create space for men to talk I cannot tell you how important that night was for me Mm. and I felt affirmed I really felt affirmed and so I want to say thank you for inviting me to the Global Guy Talk most welcome and I want to know why do you do it
1: (laughs) yeah Global Guy Talk Um, Sweden is one of is Considered to be one of the more gender equal countries of the world, uh, since uh, five years back, we're also driving. Uh, we're also promoting what we call a f- uh, feminist foreign policy, mm-hmm. where we're looking at the rights and the resources. And there's a third R that I cannot believe that I'm forgetting at this very moment. Okay. Uh, for, of, of women in, mm. in, in foreign policy. I mean, this comes from, of course, the long history where women have often been shoved aside, mm. women have not been listened to, taken into consideration, uh, especially in the foreign policy field. We know from extensive research that peace agreements, mm. where women have seats at the table, mm. those peace agreements last longer. Oh, wow. They become more sustainable than than those that are kept on, done only by men. Mm. Um, so that's sort of the professional background. Yes. Um, and then we believe uh, that in and this is trust me, not only in Africa. Uh, I mean, we're not that. I wouldn't say that even in Europe, you will see great differences in how gender equality is is permeated mm. throughout society mm. in different mm. countries. And, and and please, we're not there in Sweden yet mm, either. Mm, mm. we st- we still have some work to do. Uh, but I would say in in African countries there is a very conservative tradition. Uh, the patriarchy that you mentioned has been and is still mm. quite prevalent in mm. society. Mm. Women, girls are often not put in the forefront, uh, and I think. Here, uh, so, so while, while we want to do the guy talk, it, and this is, could be done anyhow, could be done by a group of four guys buying a pizza, sitting down, having a dinner, and having an honest conversation. Mm. What we're doing is we're following a format from, that has been provided to us by the Swedish Institute, mm. which is a fantastic agency in Sweden that is working to promote Swedish uh, export, but mm. also Swedish
0: values. I've actually had a chance to look at the website and I love what I've seen on the formats. Good,
1: yeah. good. Uh, and I mean, we're free to use it as we wish and we chose to do so here at the embassy. So so while it provides a fantastic format for men to sit down, and mm. I mean, the other week when you were there, we were about 20 of us. About 20 guys, yeah. And I can promise you guys, we're everyone listening, we were sitting very socially distanced yes, and all of that. Uh, very responsible. Uh, so while it provides a safe space for guys to have honest conversations, mm. it really, in the long run, it has the added benefit of making men you know, step up to the plate. Mm. Be men. Be better men. Be, be, uh, treat your, your significant other with, you know, as an equal. Mm. That's a big part of why we do this. Not only for, promote, for the promotion of you know, men's mental health, mm it has that i hope it will have that effect but it's also to make men step up and realize that we have been in control of this game for a long time mm-hmm. it's time that we do so responsibly it's time that we let in let the other party in it's time that we were humble and i mean it takes a real man to do that it does so i would say that that's really the driving force behind behind the global guy talk What's the driving force for you, as Michael? Uh, well, as I said before, I'm by no means perfect uh, as a man and as a uh, as a boss, uh, but I do feel that I have certain core values uh, that resonate very well mm. with the material that we that we we get in this guy talk. Uh, complex um, and i think it's fascinating to sit down and share it with others see does it actually work in real life does Mm. it work in the kenyan context it could play out very differently in another country Mm. if things are too touchy or sensitive to talk about and to be to be honest i would love to see some local kenyan organizations pick it up and do it themselves without us hosting it at the mm. embassy or at the residence.
0: That's exactly what I was going to ask you next. Like what, what would you like to see from about Global Kai kind of Talk or the, the culture of it? Yeah,
1: no, we, we would like to see this, you know, um, we would like to see it picked up by, by local actors who feel that it's a constructive way to approaching issues concerning manhood, concerning gender equality, mm. um, and concerning how we can all get a better life in our homes. Um. Because I mean, if you have a, if you're a man that is, if you're secure enough in yourself mm. that you can be open with not only your partner but also with your friends, you're more likely to be a better man, and that's going to benefit everybody around you.
0: Well, I can tell you for sure, you have one guy here. Look forward is, to have you again. Who's who's not just going to be a guest in your next global guy talk, mm-hmm. but I'm after seeing the resource that you have there. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to adopt it. Uh, for, for what I've been doing with the guys, with the den. And, and and I'm happy to see how we can link with the Swedish Institute and, and you know, propagate the conversation. So you have one disciple.
1: <laughs> We're not looking for disciples, but we will take them if they
0: come. <laughs> I want to finish up this conversation thinking about legacy. Mm. And... You, you have mentioned some of the things that you you hope you'll remember. You'll be remembered for the values that you saw from your dad mm. about generosity and openness and treating people the same across. And 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 I applaud those things mm. because that's something I want. I'd love myself to be to hear mm. <laughs> about myself. Hopefully when I'm alive, but certainly when I'm dead. Like well, I want, <laughs> it's it's, I hear it's, you. it's one of the things I want them to say. If you could sum up your legacy in one thought, what you'd like your legacy to be, what would that thought be? Wow. That question,
1: I wish you could have prepared me for in advance. <laughs> that That's a big one. Um, legacy can be a dangerous word if you do it for the sake of the legacy. Mm-hmm. But what would I like... Um, Okay, it would go something along the lines of this. He did it to the best of his ability, and he remembered to think of others while doing it. So no matter this what I accomplish in life, I want to be able to. I want people to know that I did all I could to get there, while not forgetting those around me. Ah. I know that's extremely vague, no, no, but uh, good. but I think that's the best I can do
0: on short notice. That's good, <laughs> Michael. I can't thank you enough for your time, for your openness, which is evident by having me here today, mm. um, and just by your generosity of words um, and what you're doing for men here. Mm. Um, you had twenty very influential people in that room. And for me, I feel like that's very strategic because you affect in return more, more men mm. because of the kind of people that you had. That was sort of the idea. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for doing that. Thank you for being on my podcast. And I can't wait for us to pod again. Uh, maybe after the next global guide I can see what what is the progress that has been made be happy to come back pass my heartfelt regards to your good wife Mm. and to your children (laughs) thank you so much bro
1: thank you so much for having me and best of luck with your continued
0: work I really appreciate that God bless you God bless you